Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louis. We need to talk to someone about Louis. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Mary Bolling, are you prepared to go to the 80s? <laughs> Kate, you're really just not pronouncing the Y in there. The 80s. The 80s. Oh. If you haven't listen to I forget which episode it was but um <laughs> my young son will after um the episode fairy tale which we're, we're talking about today I'm so excited um he he came up to me and he said I couldn't work out what he was saying but he was like mom have you been to Yadies and 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 I was like initially just fobbed him off I was like yeah yeah I've, I've been there and then I worked out and he was like so did you like not have helmets and things and I was like oh you mean the 80s yes like so I'm a child of 83 and Mary 82 82. so we are children of the 80s I have done a lot of research and by that I mean a lot of scrolling on the internets Mary to try and work out exactly when this episode was set and and for me 1988 is where we've landed and let me break down to you why I okay, believe I want to hear all your excellent research so there's a there's a picture of cassette yep. on one thing Bon Jovi it says bad medicine on it Bon Jovi's bad medicine came out in 1987 but really okay. didn't end in yeah, Australia until 1988 it took a while for things to get you know, it used to be regularly like, oh, yeah. this movie was like last year in the States and now it's here. Like, you know, we used to have to wait quite a long time for things to arrive yeah. from overseas. So everyone who's waiting for Bluey at the moment, yeah, look, you know. Just Our whole childhood. <laughs> yeah. Remember like I remember when I could start getting planes and it used to be this thing that it's like, oh, when I'm on the plane I can see all these movies that haven't. Oh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like ones that had been out for six months everywhere else and were just on the plane, but like you could watch them. Ah, uh, hilarious. So Hansel and Gretel returned home and lived happily ever after. Wow, that was a wild ride. Yeah. So, so that's 87. Yeah, that was 87. And then Double Dragon, I think, was one of the games that they were playing on okay, the thing. Yeah. And apparently that didn't come out and really get big in Australia until 1988. I was okay. also playing up the age of Bandit and like having kids. So if he was 10 in 1988. Yes. That would make him, what, born in 1978. So he'd be like. 45 this year so yeah. if he's got but, a seven-year-old he probably had them when they was 38 but then look, like this could be a few years ago that this was like set yeah so you know like he would have could have been like 36 37 when he had bluey look, at, look it's all sounding very mathematically plausible mm. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, i'm gonna add one piece of uh research to your oh, yes. numbers game um while the boys are playing double dragon in the mm. arcade game there's a poster behind the game <gasps> with a big kangaroo on it commonwealth games brisbane no expo 88 oh, expo 88 yes. oh my goodness but I... there is a commonwealth games poster somewhere too in that milk bar Ooh, okay maybe brisbane when did Brisbane last have the Commonwealth Games? I'm going to look that up now. But yeah. I think I thought so. I thought the big kangaroo was a kangaroo called Matilda. Wow. Um, from um, Expo '88. Expo '88. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah, uh, let let's just run with the fact that this is most likely oh, no, 1988. No, my bad. Matilda was the mascot of the 1982 Commonwealth Games held in Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so very old poster, very plausible uh, for your average milk bar in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, no, your your res- I, I will defer to all your research from this point in, clearly. <laughs> I thought that was an Expo 88. Look, anyway, this Brisbane, but... Brisbane hosted Expo 88. So oh. the fact we're not seeing uh, 
stuff like promotional content for that maybe is it puts us like in early 88 before it mm. happened mm. Summer, maybe it's like that's well it looks like it's summer right so we're gonna I'm was gonna, gonna, well far north Queensland though in far north Queensland because we've is, had, is that where we're set like do we have like insight into where it is I know bluey locations had thoughts I think it has been confirmed because was it when we interviewed Joe last and he talked about fairy tale and drawing it? Oh, actually, no, I think it wasn't our interview with someone else's. Um, I've definitely heard him say that he and one of the art directors, um, and I think it was Jasmine Moody maybe, um, had both in their childhoods holidayed at this particular caravan park and I think it was Mission Beach. And it happened for real life. Yep. You know how I know? How? Because it happened to me. Ooh. I've just looked at Bluey locations and they're calling it the Dunk Island View Caravan Park. Apparently has mm. that view over to, you know, that scene where Bandit's on the beach with Chris and you see the sort of the island in the distance. Apparently that could be Dunk Island. Yes, so. it's at Mission Beach. So, yeah, okay, cool. We're all on the same page. Mm. Mm. So, so, yeah, look, I think... <laughs> You could holiday at Mission Beach any time of year and get a nice day, but actually you're more likely to get wet season in the summer. So mm. doesn't really narrow down the time frame. But look, I, I agree with you, Kate. I think 88 is pretty plausible. Okay. All right. I'm glad, I'm glad we've nailed location and time. Okay. It's <laughs> just, just everything else in the episode to go. <laughs> hey, you want to hear a fairy tale that is true? Yes, please. It's about a mean brother who ends up good and it's got a curse in it and even a princess. Wow. This episode is the one that my husband, after watching it, I think he watched it first before I did, and I still have this vivid memory of him coming out and just in tears because he was just like, this is just my – he said, you have to watch this episode. It's my childhood. Yes. Um, Youngest of four boys, my husband's an 81 baby. So uh, even though he, I think his class, like me, is a geriatric millennial. Um, isn't that the most horrible term? But it's it's just what so we call it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, he was very much, he, all his older brothers were Gen X and he very much grew up in that Gen X kind of um era you know and all those things were just the things that he did as a kid you know from tic-tac on yeah. a skateboard being bounced on the trampoline you know with <laughs> the trampoline riding with no helmets doing skids on his bike with his brothers and um even down to things like you know eating boxes of mini cereals we only got them when we went on holiday to usually to Adelaide at Christmas um to see my grandparents um and then, yeah, we'd, like, get, like, the six-pack and all fight over who got Cocoa Pops and then, like, who got Nutri-Grain or whatever it was at the end. Yes, yep. So, yeah, this is all ringing big bells for me, although <laughs> I actually did not know what tic-tacking on a skateboard was until this episode. So, you know, oh. not, not all boxes ticked. I tried to buy mini cereals the other day because we were going to stay at a uh, caravan park. Can't get them. What? Where do you get mini cereals now? What? So for Christmas, just for fun, because um, uh, Liz, Tim's mum, St. Liz, was trying to save on postage and she was like, Kate, can I get you to get Tim's present? I was like, leave it with me. I'm on it. <laughs> I got him a six-pack of mini cereals as part of his Amazing. present. It was expensive. It was like 5 or $6 from Coles. I just mm. got them in the cereal aisle. But, yeah, yeah. it was and, – and they've clearly, like, narrowed down so the, the ones that people just didn't eat are no longer in there. Like, it was mainly mm. just some trashy cereal. But, like, it was a great buy and the nostalgia alone was worth it. Wow. Did, the kids, was, did he share them with the kids? No, he ate them all himself. Were the kids' <laughs> minds blown? Did they see them or he had to eat them in the cupboard in secret? I, he just ended up eating. I think they saw them and they're like, "Why are these so small?" And, and <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I'm probably a terrible parent in that my children only think Weetbix is a cereal and they don't know about the other types. So yeah, that's a pretty good approach, actually. Who ate all the mini cereals? He did. 
Right, you get over here. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Nana was a bit mean. Yeah, it was the 80s. Mums were allowed to be mean. In the future, they'll probably be like Jerry Seinfeld with the whole shelf full of different types of cereal because <laughs> yeah, uh, it was yeah. deprived for so long. Uh, they'll, they'll make peace eventually. <laughs> if that's the worst thing out of their childhood, I've done all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be worse. Yeah. It could be the 80s. It was a wild time. It was um, a wild time. And how nice was it to see all the different – I don't know, just so much of this episode was a throwback. Um even when we interviewed Joe Brum and he was talking about the strips of plastic oh, yeah. that you used to walk through when you went to a milk bar, I had completely forgotten about that until he mentioned it and then I saw it mm-hmm. and I can't imagine trying to describe that to someone that had never seen it before or even like like True, yeah. really detailed memory because I don't remember <laughs> that. But as soon as you said it, I was like, of course. Uh, well, Kate, my first job, not in the 80s, uh, but in the, you know, in the 90s, uh, was at a milk bar slash fish and chip shop really? in a country town. And one of my jobs was cleaning the plastic strips that <gasps> came down across. Painful, painful job. Oh, and God, that was taken ages. Yeah, yes. yes. Mm. So, like, yeah, I'm kind of glad technology has moved on to spare some poor. Narracourt? Because Narracourt's dusty. Like, they would have attracted a lot of dust. That was Birchip, even more dusty, oh, actually. Oh, yeah. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, oh, I've, I've moved on from the trauma. It's in its place. Um, <laughs> Do you think people know what a milk bar is? Like, I don't I don't know if that would be a thing. Uh, yeah. In, in New Zealand, they're called dairies. Um, a milk bar is like a little corner shop that sells newspapers and milk and ice creams and sort of an array of random household things that you might suddenly need in an emergency, usually at exorbitant prices. Um, The milk bars near (laughs) us when I was growing up usually had like excellent lolly selections. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a big part. And then at some point there was like a real market of milk bars that also doubled as a fish and chip shop. And that's, I'm guessing what your one in Birch. It was, was, yeah. And I think that's a big country town thing as well. And yeah. And in Mission Beach, obviously like a kind of holiday destination, like, yeah, pretty plausible. The caravan park, I reckon might even still have arcade games in the, in all the cool destinations in town, which would include the milk bar. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into the plot of this episode. We've touched on trauma already, but, yeah, where it starts, Hansel and Gretel. I love how the setup for this is the most, potentially the most traumatic uh, fairy tale that there is, and even Bandit, just his response, like, wow. (laughs) I had a realisation a few weeks ago that I don't know – I think it's because we were watching Shrek or something like that. And all the things that I found hilarious when I watched it as, you know, a teenager dash early grown up, my kid wasn't laughing at because um, Will, I don't think he, like, we've never really done like the fairy tales, like the brother groom fairy tales in this house. So, you know, all those classic fairy tale references would have just gone over his head, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and yep. Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella. Like, I I don't think he really yeah. understood those tropes because we never have, like, like we never have watched it's, those Disney movies, but we've never had the, the fairy tales either because they're traumatic. Like, my grandma used to have a book of Grimm's fairy tales in her house and I remember reading it and, and like... Yeah, they're pretty full on. Like, you know, they're cutting limbs off and things. You know, it's not just That's all true, isn't it? Yeah, and they lasted for so long. Like, you know, such a big part of culture, childhood, and culture, obviously. Mm. But yeah, I feel like the just the explosion of kids' books now. Like, yeah, there'd be a huge list of ones we haven't touched on here. Although I wonder if school's picking up the slack on that now because, um, yeah, Bon, um, when he was in prep, his lovely prep teacher was doing an installation once a week that was like 
a story from a fairy tale or like a scene from a fairy tale set up in their classroom that they'd go oh, in and wow. see every mon- every Monday morning. You know, not that elaborate, but it might be like three bowls of porridge and or something that kind of then relates to the wider story. And then throughout that week, all their reading activities would be around that story and different versions of it as well. Like, oh, you know, in in one Hansel and Gretel, the witch had a cat and in the other one she had an owl and the other one she chopped off their legs. I don't know. <laughs> like, but uh, didn't, didn't get too gruesome. Yeah, I don't think it got too gruesome. But, um, yeah, it, it was it made me realize that I hadn't done any of the heavy lifting on passing on fairy tales. So I was very glad that she was, but at the same time, are we going to reach a point where fairy tales are just redundant? We've all moved on. We're not in the monoculture anymore where everyone knows the fairy tales. <laughs> it's um, it's weird, isn't it? Cause I think kids in the eighties were sold the fairy tale. Like, you know, mm. it was all about the fairy tale, like the most magical place in the world you could go was probably to Disneyland. Like if your parents would take, yes, take you true. to Disneyland and um, the big blockbuster movie, well, I think the first movie I saw in a cinema was Snow White. Um, and then like every year they were doing those classic, you know, like Little Mermaid, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, like bringing those stories to life. So the big movie of the year was always a fairy tale and all the fairy tale tropes that, you know, we grew up with. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe the 80s, was a wild place, but yes, very much more focused on fairy tales than what these generations are too. So mm. I feel like it was more part of like you know how many kids these days would probably say I want to be a prince or a princess. You know, probably like more want to be like a influencer or a, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, it's like a wooden a like influencer kit or something at Aldi or something is shared in our group chat one day. <laughs> Yes, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sure there are small children out there that want to be influencers, but even more, it, at one point, like the fairy tale books were the only options. But now I feel like if a kid is interested in trucks, then you can just go to the shop and get every book that has a truck theme and bring them home. And then, you know, you've, you've got your reading taken care of. And I don't know, like, is it good that then kids can just lean into their interests or do they lose a common kind of, I don't know, did we ever hang out behind the shelter sheds, like debriefing on fairy tale themes? <laughs> Maybe not. Does it matter that everyone no, but, has yeah. different stories in their childhood? <laughs> Maybe it's like a cultural shift though, right? And like I'm sure there are plenty of women in our generation who are like, oh, one day my prince will come kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and like to varying degrees of success. <laughs> yeah, true. Why? Why were we lied to? Are fairy tales true or not true? Well, what do you mean by true? I mean, did they happen for real life? Well, no. Phew. But they've got true things in them. Like what? Like, you know, it's not good to be greedy and stuff. And if you're brave and honest, things will work out. Well, yeah. Yeah, I love the girl's shock, but then actually they're about to be shocked by a lot more things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the and the story rolls on. And I love that, like, that Bandit sets it up like this is a story about a mean brother who was a curse and then a beautiful princess. And then it turns out that the mean brother is him. Plot twist. I mean, I didn't think that Bandit Healer would have it in him to be that sort of brother, really. Like, he's such a good, loyal dog. Uh, Dad held up in high esteem. So... It was kind of refreshing to see that he was a bit of a jerk as a youngster. It was a plot twist, wasn't it? Yeah. And, mm. yeah, no one more shocked than the healer girls. You can't skid, Stripe. Yes, I can. No, you can't. And Mum wants you. Huh? Made you look, you dirty chook. Ha <laughs> ha, suffer. <gasps> You're teasing Stripe. Afraid so. But that's mean. I told you. This fairy tale's about a mean brother. Me. I guess the way he introduces it that just how different things were it's kind of almost sets him up for forgiveness as well because yeah they can't relate to any of what he's saying the fact that you know 
BMX. BMX seats were high. Like, do they even know what a BMX is? Like, it's, it's probably all sounding fairly foreign to the kids watching and it, to Bluey and Bingo as well. Um, but the kids watching have the benefit of all this amazing illustration uh, from this montage of just 80s gloriousness. That's me when I was 10 years old on holiday with your Uncle Rad and Uncle Stripe. Hang on, where's your helmet? This was the 80s, man. There were no helmets. This montage, I think, was designed by one of the art directors, Rafferty Amour, who had a lot of fun with it. But you can kind of see... I think, you know, uh, Joe Brum said to us a few times, like he and uh, Rich uh, Jeffrey are kind of the only 80s babies in the art team at Ludo. Um, and, yeah, I loved that the line, you know, your mum wrote your name on everything. The name on everything is actually Rich J. <laughs> is it really? Yes. Oh. I, I assume it's a nod to um, Richard Jeffrey, the director. But like, what was jumping out of that montage for you, Kate? Was anything super 80s relatable? Uh, the cassettes, you know. Yeah. Like, um, I love, have always loved music. It's not a surprise to anyone who <laughs> watched it. I know. But I used to, like, make my own mixtapes and, like, have my own fake little radio shows and stuff as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember I got a cassette player for maybe my sixth birthday and used to tape songs off the radio and then like do like little talks in between like I was mm. a DJ and things. And, you know, I still remember like the winding up the tape when it got a bit floppy from too much rewinding and playing. Yeah, you had to use one of those pencils that like had the kind of, you know, octagonal edge. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, Very Um, important. So, yeah, Um, and then like, you know, that's something my kids will never appreciate, like the the struggle to like rewind up a cassette tape that it's become a tape yeah Yeah. and then to like hope that it would still work otherwise you would have lost all your data (laughs) drama it was really high drama you know (sighs) even there was a moment where you know actually and it was a, a very small moment but it was it was like um when they the three brothers are doing the the sequence around the word jinx Mm -hmm. and um, there's the pause um, with Rad and Bandit, and it's like this tiny little colourful line yeah. sort of <laughs> appears through, and that just that really like was a trick oh. for me because like who who had a video player in the eighties yeah. doesn't remember that like little <laughs> noise yeah. when you press pause, and then like that little colourful wiggly line that just sort of comes up while you're waiting for the thing to unpause like what that was just such a wow yeah I really wasn't expecting that and such a interesting detail that was so small that they didn't have to include but I feel like was really placed there for the parents Mm. yes uh I loved it all. Uh, it was cool to see <laughs> He-Man figurine uh, oh. in the background um, as, lo- as well as a, a troll doll, I would say. Um, Did you have trolls? I didn't. I would think I was too young for trolls. I just thought they looked weird. Um, I had trolls. I, didn't, like, I definitely remember them being around, but, yeah, I didn't they were weird. get on the obsession. <laughs> yeah, I reckon I had maybe like four or five like little ones I mm. think Hungry Jacks did them in a promo or something once uh, like, you know. it's just the way to kids hearts isn't it we're <laughs> we're deeply collecting Pokemon cards now because oh, of because wow. having them in uh Happy Meals here really and yeah there's just it's just crack for kids isn't it <laughs> See, this is yeah. This is one thing about watching like stream only TV. I do not miss the ads for things. My oh. kids do not know about McDonald's yet, but they will eventually. But uh, much like Wheat Bix and mini cereals, I'm just hiding that for <laughs> Kate to deal with. <laughs> uh, keep holding out. Keep holding out. It was a wild place. Trampolines had no nets. Your mum wrote your name on everything, BMX seats were high, music was on cassettes, and skids were big. So, yeah, all of it, 
amazing. Um, the girls are taking it in wide-eyed, but the shock of the girls that Bandit is being mean to mm. um, Stripe right. is, yeah, like a new level of just not understanding. You can't skid, Stripe. Yes, I can. No, you can't. And Mum wants you. Huh? Made you look, you dirty chook. And I think, you know, debriefing with my boys on this episode, they were shocked, but even more, the jinx, the tape pours, and mm. then the whispering of what happens if you break a jinx. Yeah. Can't you just say your own name? Nope, you're not allowed to speak. What happens if you do speak? Oh, uh, well, look, I shouldn't tell you, but I did this. What? That's terrible. I told you, the 80s was a wild place. What, what did just happen? regularly brings it up to me that, like, but, Mum, like, what does happen? <laughs> like, well, what just be... happened to you? Because in, in my house, it was like, or like my school, it, it was like you got punched in the arm. Like, yeah, I definitely remember, pun- like, I don't have a clear answer. I think it was, but it, it, it Chinese me, burn. Possibly, <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, that captures the whole vibe of Jinx for me so well that it was all kind of whispered about, and no one was ever sure, and like how how it was meant to work, and just you know how things took on a life bigger than their own in the playground. Like, yeah, the I think the way it's dealt with by Bandit whispering it to the girls. So every kid watching is like wants to know is is the perfect way to uh, carry on the, the mystique of Jinx. When was the last time you heard someone do a Jinx, Mary? Like is it is it a common thing for you now or is it a real throwback? Uh, yeah, I would not have heard it since I was like at school in the 80s, I don't reckon. I reckon I've said it ironically as like, ha, oh, jigs, you know, but like, you know, oh, it yeah. would never have explained to my kids what it actually meant. Yeah. Yeah. And you were never like running away from people or punching them when you were well, said it ironically. Them. No, no, never. I was never cursing them to, you know, not be able to talk for long <laughs> periods of time. <gasps> what? You can never speak forever and ever. Nope. You were cursed. Wow. The only thing that could break the curse was if someone said your name. Uh, apart from the 80s amazing language and Nana Chris's perm, I think we need to give a special shout out to that because, oh, my God, it was glorious to see Nana with her 80s best. Did every mum have that hairstyle in the 80s? <laughs> my grandmother definitely had the the nice, neat sort of set curls perm. Mm-hmm. She used to go every week and get her hair permed. So... Um, oh man, that is commitment. Like mm. I've never had a perm, but it does not look like that's where you sit kind of under, well, in the eighties, at least you were sitting under like a giant kind of dryer. Almost yeah. almost looks like a cone of silence type situation. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Look, props Nana Chris for, uh, for making it work, but yeah, Mate, that no, does not sound appealing to me. <laughs> Fair. You want me to say your name? Okay. Bandit-ums. Getting back to the plot. So Bandit has been cursed by, and apparently this was a surprise to some people, Big Brother Rad. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Because, you know, last of the coupled up healers. So, you know, maybe true. giving yeah. the vibes. But, no, he's the oldest. Did we already know that in Double Babysitter? Yes, I feel like we did. Yeah. Actually, no, I think she says, do you know Bandit's brother, Radley? I don't think. Oh, it's never specified if it's older or younger. Mm, Mm. I think so. Yeah. Mm, But we would have known when we recapped it because of fairy. Oh, yes, yes. Um, But, yes, look, I think he's a youthful dog, uh, even as an adult. but, yeah, it definitely that dynamic of cool older brother and then the battle between two and three mm. uh, is definitely, I don't know about a trope, but I think it's real to life. <laughs> <laughs> and now that Bandit's cursed, because, yeah, I didn't know about the 10-second run and 
and run thing. Like, no, did you okay. ever do that? For me, it was just jinx and then you couldn't talk, but mm. we, we were just saving energy or something. I don't know. It sounds like something a smart parent introduced just to, like, add to the wear out factor. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> chase each other around all day. Like, yeah. Maybe that smart parent is Joe Brum. Perhaps it started in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and like the word skint, I don't know if people overseas would know what that means, but it usually meant like, you know, like if you're skint, you've got nothing, you know, mm. got no money. Yeah, no, I'd never heard skint either. Perhaps that's a Queensland thing. I think there was oh. like jinx buttercup was a thing at our school that you had to jinx say, buttercup. like to undo the jinx. But oh. uh, look, I'm – yeah, I'm showing memory degradation here. That's I couldn't explain it if I tried. <laughs> I don't think I could have explained it then, actually. <laughs> yeah, so many childhood games, just the rules are inconceivable, really. Um, uh, so Bandit can't talk and we get taken on this sort of whirlwind trip of him being uh, teased on, you know, by Stripe, uh, who's clearly in- relishing, I think, uh, the opportunity to get one back on him. Um, and Bandit's just being blamed for every little thing that's going wrong and, and having it all rubbed in his face. It's it's pretty heartbreaking. I'm feeling for him. Being cursed was not a lot of fun when you're on holiday. Kids, do you want your fish battered or crumbed? Battered. Battered. What about you? Come on, speak up. He wants crumbed. Okay. He loves crumbed. Don't you ban dishwasher? Ha! Ugh, I hated crumbed. One thing that really I didn't understand in this is though crumbed fish. Like crumbed fish is delicious. I don't understand it in any universe where crumbed fish is not superior to battered. Are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Crumbed like a fish finger. Like yeah, delicious. Oh no. Batter is delicious, Kate. Oh, I'm going to sit you down at a fish and chip shop, honestly. Like, so really, you just always get crumbed. Did you get it in childhood? No, like we usually got battered, but like as a grown-up, having crumbed fish is delicious. I just don't see where this is a problem. Hmm. A lot of chip shops don't do crumbed, but if they did, I would probably be ordering crumbed. Really? Wow, this – Man, this changes everything. Um, so okay. I will die on this hill, Mary. Uh, like I'm, you know, they're both deep fried at the mm. end of the day. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like a little bit of crunch from the crumb. Delish. I would. Uh, I think every kid in my family would have rioted if we'd had crumbed <laughs> instead of battered. Because even if you're not so big on the fish, the batter is just so delicious. Like, yeah, yeah I reckon. There were times in our family where batter was eaten and fish was not. Oh, really? Like peeled uh, off yeah, the, the off white fish? Batter. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like obviously it holds the most fat. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's a, and it's the saltiest. Oh, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I've never had battered though. So perhaps – You've never, had, you've never had battered. You've never had crumbs. Oh, so I've never had crumbs. So perhaps <laughs> perhaps there's a whole new taste sensation waiting for me. <laughs> um, but look, Bandit obviously knows his preference and he's had both now because he gets crumbed in this instance. Um, yeah. yeah, traumatic. But yeah. <laughs> um, even from the first pursuit uh, through the caravan park at the start of um, – at the start of the jinx, like we're seeing so much planted in all these scenes of just like 80s ephemera. Um, and I don't know what was jumping out at you, but at one scene there's like a Polaroid, some Polaroid um, cap, like photos just like lying on the floor around a campsite. And actually in the caravan you can see a Polaroid camera on the table and a dog that doesn't look unlike a young big belt um, oh. yeah, from tradies. So I don't know what that means. Perhaps, perhaps, uh, yeah, he's a old mate of Chili's going way back. Um, oh. Anything's possible. Perhaps he's just a very good design for a dog and they wanted to <laughs> keep using him. But I'm just loving that from go to woe in this episode, just the amount of 80s detail. It's a love letter. I feel mm. like this episode, you know, it's a love letter to childhood. Um, and that for me is probably the biggest joy that it delivers um, yeah. in everything because 
even though kids, and, you know, to, to badly paraphrase Joe when he last spoke to us, but, um, you know, kids probably won't notice, but they might be able to feel it. But the adults definitely notice. And every yeah. time you watch this episode, I feel like there's more tiny little details. Even going through this episode and looking at, like, the little chalkboards in the shops and, you know, the um, the video games that they were playing and, like, even the positioning of, like, the joysticks and the buttons and things was just yeah. so spot on. Who ate all the mini cereals? He did. Right, you get over here. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> Nana was a bit mean. Yeah, it was the 80s. Mums were allowed to be mean. And dads weren't much help either. Uh, Where are we? So oh, I, I want to talk about um, Sam Simmons. Okay. Because, because is this – have we been baited or catfished or something, Mary? Because, you know, when oh. Joe came on the show, he said, oh, no, grand, granddad's still around and we see him this season. But yeah. we're seeing him in the past. <laughs> what do you want, Stripe? Uh, Brad, uh, Gerald, uh, whatever your name is. What are you on about? What's he on about? Brad jinxed him. He can't talk until someone says his name. All uh, right. So you want me to say your name so you can talk again? Well, you're dreaming, mate. And it's voiced by comedian Sam Simmons, who I am seeing at the Adelaide Fridge later this week, Ooh. which I'm pretty excited about. But, um, yeah, and I love that you made the same noise that he made. Ooh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I was everyone. I was triggered by his words. Like, surely that is even the, the gold and green, like, stubby shorts. And he's like, um, yeah. I didn't know what he was doing. I'd never seen someone digging for yabbies like that before. But it's basically like, like a mud shoot thing. And you dig it in the ground and you pull it up and you spit the mud out. And then hopefully you've sucked up a yabby and all that mud and it – then you can pick it up and ah, put it in your bucket. Apparently. Hang on. Are we on are we on mud flats or Yeah. Mud flat. Ah, yeah. Okay, cool. Hmm. I didn't know that was where Yabbies lived. There you go. I don't I know either. But apparently oh. this is the thing. Okay, we'll have to take one of those to the beach next time we go and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it can be hours of entertainment. Oh god. Just spitting out that dirt just, again. And just, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the Sam Simmons, what a cameo role! Um, he just nailed it with his performance. Oh, just the ultimate '80s dad, yeah. Just uh, even like from the first, not getting the kid's name right, and <laughs> like you and I have talked about, you know, even amongst our smaller brood of children. Like by the time you're going through, you know, a few children, like a dog, uh, various other, you know, people coming and going. Um, you can get a bit confused. Uh, and I think, you know, we feel guilt about that and try and correct it. Uh, but, yeah, no no duck cakes given here, I think, is the vibe from um, <laughs> from. I just love that laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I call this? A bloody good start. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's not it's not prime parenting, and he does not apologise for that uh, under any circumstances. You know what I call this? I call it a good start. How do I jinx it so none of you can talk? Dad, is it like this? And you know, at least he's got the boys out in the wild doing something <laughs> inexplicable. Um, but I wonder though, is this a gender thing? There was I saw more commentary um, about. Another healer and uh, her parenting about this episode, when Nana chases uh, Bandit with the thong, there were a few uh, aghast looks. And, look, even it's even addressed in the episode. Um, Yeah, like Nana was a bit mean. (laughs) I mean, she is the nicest Nana that you could ever hope to meet, you know, the girls. But, yeah, I did giggle at all the comments on all the Bluey fan pages, like, discussing how different their parents were compared to the grandparents that they were basically like you know you couldn't get away with breathing as a child and then they give their grandchildren everything and more yeah actually that's a good uh a good comparison um yeah the commentary I saw was like oh shouldn't have shouldn't have included that you know suggested violence kind of thing I don't think I don't think anyone's going to start chasing people around with thongs off the back of it. Um, but, look, I don't know. When is it, yeah, when is it problematic and when is it an accurate representation of the time? It's, an, it's a historical document, that's for sure. <laughs> oh my. I was never going to talk again. 
No one was going to say my name. I'm not going to say your name. I think this will do you some good. All holiday you've been mean to your little brother. I thought this was a much better effort by Nana. Um, mm. You know, not not the most sympathetic parenting, but we see she's uh, playing a long game on not helping Bandit by unjinxing him. Um, and, yeah, she doesn't say much but clearly gives Bandit a lot of food for thought. And it's a pretty simple message, like, be nice, mm. which I feel like parents spend most of their child's childhood telling them, <laughs> be nicer, play nicely, share. Yeah. Um, why do you think it lands for Bandit here? Just because he can't talk and can't distract himself? Yeah, I think it's because he's actually got time to think about it, you know, mm. like, and having a bit of space and silence to to really absorb it. Um yeah, and I mean, it's a bit sad though, isn't it? Like for me, that was sort of like that. Like I deserved to be cursed. It was like, oh, oh. Honey, you know, like no, 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 no. All the parenting blogs today would be like, oh no, this child needs love bombing, and you know, like true, all, the, all yeah. these sorts of stuff. You know, you wrap them closer, find more connection with them, rather than you know letting them just go off and think about it for a bit. But, you know, the payoff, I think, for Bandit is just enormous because he really does seem to turn a page the very next day, uh, which, as he explains to the girls, is when the curse is finally lifted. I was on my way to the shower block to clean my teeth. By yourself? It was the 80s. Mom! Ow! Stripe had taken a shortcut to the toilets and got stuck in the prickles. Ow! This moment for me where... Bluey's got the question, what, by yourself? And <laughs> Bandit's just look of sheer kind of bemused pride when Bingo says, like, explains as if Bluey's just an idiot. <laughs> like, it was the 80s. 80s. <laughs> like, um, I can, yeah, I can just hear chorus of children saying that in lounge rooms everywhere <laughs> and just understanding something that was previously non-understandable. It's so cute, but yeah, the we've the talked actions. before about the grass even trying to get you in Australia, Mary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it in Keepy Uppy, and um, prickles, I think, are what we Victorians used to call bindies, I mm. believe. Yeah, so they're like these little, I don't know if you imagine like ninja star kind of things that just. <laughs> The tiny little seed pods, but they're spiky all over the outside. And they really did hurt. They dig into your feet and your clothes and your socks and things and yeah. cling onto everything. And, um, yeah, it was just really painful if you stepped on it. But you quite often would only get like two steps or so before you realised, oh, actually, I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and trapped, surrounded by uh more potential pain. So yeah. so that's where Stripe has found himself. Um, Bandit, I agree, the the time for reflection brings us to this cake because I don't know if I would have been that kind. <laughs> Do um, you think there would have been some bargaining, like, you know, some, some great charade work going on to, like, you know, you say my name. And then, and then yeah. I'll give you my hat, kind of thing. Kind of sad we were robbed of those charades in this episode, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a gallant kind of bandit that throws his hat and expects nothing in return. <gasps> so you could tell him you won't help him unless he says your name. Oh yeah. You're right. I could have done that. So did you? No, I just helped him. That's brother's kid. To tell you the truth, I was proud of him. The girl's shock face has been there this whole episode, but I think it's rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's pinnacle. Yeah, absolutely. At this Not point. as shocked as my face with the next plot twist, though, Mary Bowen, because, because we need to have a deep conversation about the appearance of Baby Chili Healer in as Bandit's rescuer and the beautiful princess. Um, I love that she's Shira, the princess of power. Yes, you know, like, uh, sister was... of He-Man, who we saw earlier in the episode as yes. 
uh, 80s stuff. But did, you, did you pick up the unicorse reference here to Mary? Because, you oh. know, talked about the princess who put shoes on to protect <laughs> herself from the prickles. Yes. Oh my she's God. wearing she's shoes. Sheer golden boots. Like, yeah. She is. So, you know, like I feel like there's just this beautiful synergy with so many different parts of previous episodes. Totally. Um, yeah, and I just, yeah, I just loved that, you know, she reads out the name on the hat to break the curse. <laughs> Bandit Hero. Is this your hat? There's this moment of incredulity, you know, back in, in inverted commas, the real world from real mm-hmm. Chile. And, and, that moment of doubt too when she um, is like, oh, well, we did used to holiday there, but I have no memory of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember in the show when Chili was saying, well, there's some dispute, but it was in London when the girls ask, where did you meet? Yeah, okay. So, so is this the dispute? Is this plausible? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, was it the caravan? Was it not? But yeah, but the fact she says so decidedly it was in London. Like I don't think Chili's for the turning on this. Like, you know, she's yeah, she she's not in two minds. Like she's ruled it out. Is that Mum? That's Mum. What? Don't listen to him. It wasn't me. It doesn't surprise me that Bandit's the bigger romantic of the pair. And yeah, he's clearly got his story and he's sticking to it. Either way, it's a good story. But is it true or not true? I need to know. Well, I guess you have to decide. Do you believe in fairy tales? I love that line. Just needs to know the answer, though. (laughs) Because, Yeah. yeah, it's so... Um, well, it's her, isn't it? She needs certainty. She needs yeah. to know where she's at. Yeah. Yeah. And that room for ambiguity, I think, is just handled so beautifully because the parents give so much um, guidance to kind of be like, well, what do you think? You know, like, do you believe in fairy tales? Because it would be a fairy tale, really, if that's um, the reason that they met all those years ago and maybe felt that connection later on in life. I, I want to point out a beautiful little feature that I noticed um, that when grown-up um, Bandit and Chili are holding hands after tucking the girls into bed, they're under this, you know, sky of the glow-in-the-dark stars, but mm-hmm. the full moon is perfectly framed in the their bedroom window um, right between them. And then in the caravan park, the sun is perfectly framed right between them. Yes. Oh, children. I just thought what a beautiful, like, you know, the sun's rising and then, you know, the moon is shining and it's like day and night through the years, this beautiful synergy. I don't know, there's that, um, so it's quite Targaryen, but, you know, my moon, my stars, you know, my sun, my sky. (laughs) kind of thing you know I just thought and then it's it's sleepy time like of course we're you know and And she's a princess and you know she's saving the village the queen uh yes oh yes and eventually (laughs) the queen oh my gosh very good there's (laughs) lots of different um tie-ins there and I just thought that that was so beautifully done here you go thanks see you later yeah see you later You've touched on so much there, Kate. I feel like I've just got to get into one email we got at the end of last year from a listener, Rochelle, who covered a lot of that um, mm. from her uh, from Seattle, Washington, USA. Um, her email was a uh, subject line: "I have to talk to someone about fairy tale." <laughs> <laughs> Which is Talk to us for a long time, actually. I feel like we really, you know, we were holding, we were bottling up all our fairy tale uh, energy. Enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I think that we haven't got to that she mentioned, and I love this, uh, was 
um, a connection to Bob Bilby because, um, of course, you know, that episode references when Bandit used to be cool. But uh, in that episode, the bike, uh, we see. Uh, yes, a Polaroid of him with his bike and it's red. Uh, so he's still got the red bike. <laughs> all these years later. And he's got uh, his Polaroid still too. Yes. Yeah. They take the photos with. Oh, that's so cool. Definitely. Um, yeah, so thank you, Rochelle, for uh, debriefing fairy tale with us. Um, and, yeah, all your observations were great. Um, if you still don't have enough fairy tale Uh, And that final moment in fairy tale in your life, Costa Kassab, Louise art director, has actually, it's a big sort of trend going on at the moment, drawing Bluey characters as the humanized versions of themselves. Uh, Costa on his Twitter and Insta, I think, uh, shared his take on if the young bandit and Chili were humanish uh and oh it's the cutest thing you've ever seen so <laughs> i will link to that uh but yeah definitely get around it if if you believe in fairy tales i think you have to you have to buy into the fairy tale to really appreciate this art <laughs> i love that okay this story set a long long time ago in a place called the 80s that's me when i was 10 years old tell me about the music why is it so magical well, look, I it think, makes me believe in fairy tales. I think Stranger Things has a lot to answer for because Ooh. there was a massive trend, you know, I think since that show started airing towards revisiting those pop synth sounds from the 80s or the 80s. Okay. Was, um, it, was it Stranger Things that had running up that hill and made yeah, it crazy? Okay, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely I'm on that massive. page. Yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, but, like, it, it's been ticking along in the background for a while. but. Um, yeah, I I loved that sort of synthy um, mix, and it's you know the the whole episode is clever in that it doesn't like overkill on the really stereotypical eighties tropes. Mm-hmm. So you know we get this almost like computerized sort of like synthy big hair like um, it really reminded me actually of the soundtrack for BMX Bandits. Like, okay. The, the first sort of opening bit. Um, and then, you know, we're seeing other musical references with those cassettes again, like Bon Jovi and things like that. Um, and and then it's sort of metered. So when we're back in the playroom, the music's subsiding. There are moments like after the jinx happens that, you know, mm-hmm. the music's falling away again. Um and then it ramps up again in things like chase scenes and, yeah, so we're getting good hits of that synth. We're also hearing this lovely, um, I don't know how to describe it, it's sort of like a, a sort of a melody that sort of ties things together, like particularly okay. um, almost like a – it's still synthy, but it's warmer, it's rounder, it's fuller, um, particularly when, like, we have that moment of – Bandit and Chili holding hands, like you still get that sort of triumphant finish. But okay. like, um, yeah, I just love that they sort of focus at that point on if you if you analyze musical scales, like the way that you play music and how you arrange the notes. There's usually a home note, and okay. and they really focus on that home note when Bandit and Chili meet to make it really feel like they're coming together and they've found home. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that was really cute. I mean, obviously they had a blast, um, you know, really getting into the synths and the that sort of um, 80s big hair fun vibes. I liked it. Yeah, there's something so, I don't know, integral almost to like that music being associated with childhood. So yeah, whether it's in ads or cartoons and things, so... Yeah, I thought yeah, it was clever. It's, it's dreamy, isn't it? Um, I love that you said BMX Bandits because uh, this is one of the episodes that has had uh, the art team make a poster for it mm. and um, they've very much played on the BMX Bandits poster, um, which is 
classic Australian film uh, starring Nicole very Kidman. young, very big head, Nicole Kidman. Um, I'm not actually sure which artist made the poster, but it's um, the, yeah, the you realise looking at the poster that when the three boys are riding their bikes together, it's even in the same formation um, as the poster from the original BMX Bandits and their BMX bikes are the same colour. So, oh. yeah, clearly there was a bit of inspiration there even in the making of the episode. And, yeah, the, the poster just brings it home. It's got the slogan, it, this was the 80s man across the top <laughs> and it's just joyful. Um, yeah, so definitely uh, check out that one if you're loving that bluey movie posters series hey strike your wheels are turning huh ah. haha made you look your dirty truck who is your uh, most valuable player mary look probably no surprise to know i believe in fairy tales so i think that lines me up pretty squarely with bandit healer yeah <laughs> oh i mean it's hard to go past bandit but i do want to give um uh, honourable mention to Chili because I just think that that little cameo at the end is just so beautiful. And actually scene stealing sort of moves as well from um, Grandad or Bobba or, um, you know, the character played by Sam Simmons like, yes. and its dad. So um, I'm still thinking about those lines and him go, <laughs> even though I know that I feel like Bandit definitely deserves the title. Yeah, there's some definite honourable mentions. Yeah, and actually even uh, Nana Chris for her harsh but fair parenting possibly, it definitely even <laughs> if it might be uh, not in line with today's standard, it sets Bandit up for taking taking responsibility for his actions and, mm. and yeah, making amends. Did you um, have a line, Mary? I can't go past it was the 80s, but as Bingo says it uh, is, I reckon, uh, Bingo just nails the delivery there. What about you? <laughs> oh, um, I don't know that I had one. Probably just like suffer, you know, like was, oh, no, that, that was that just was such a, a catch. It was oh. a real flashback. It was like, yeah. I, I don't oh, know. it's such a horrible word. I, so I, yeah, I have a visceral reaction to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> it's always two syllables too. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't know, does this episode have a Brene moment? <laughs> it might be optimistic. Did Brene moments exist in the 80s? Mm. I think they did, but um, maybe we'll just skip this, sec- this section this week and, you know, like <laughs> I don't want a valuable life lesson. I just want an ice cream, I think. So, <laughs> uh, so much ice cream. Um <laughs> I am going to, look, I think we're there. Uh, I'm going to sneak in one very valuable piece of correspondence um, from lovely Yuri who's uh, in the US and um, found us very recently while he was looking for the music from Dance Mode before the single was available. He came across uh, Dance Mode, our got to be done ep Uh, he's been working his way through the episodes avoiding the ones he hasn't seen yet um and yeah he said that um it it was a good reminder actually he's like the interviews are a treat I especially love the two-parter with Joff hoping we might have some more interviews coming up as there's good news on the horizon you know this is the longest stretch without new bluey that uh the bluey world has ever seen really yes except prior to its creation (laughs) that was a very long and depressive stretch but i just prefer not to think about it actually yeah yeah. um a world without bluey Uh, um hopefully lots of good news ahead uh lovely to hear yuri's check-in as well uh who also said i did actually enjoy chicken rat too but please don't hold that against me I love I love how confessional our listeners get when they say good know, because so, yeah. it's it's because you know there are very few episodes where we really like just not appreciate the episode. I think we always get very strong reactions to what those like five or six episodes are like no this one's not for us. Like, <laughs> it doesn't uh, miss me. 
we do love Bluey, but yes. Just not every, just not uh, I can't believe at this point of the game we're having to convince people we do love Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't need to apologise to us, though. You're allowed to have your own opinion. If you really like Tina or Asparagus or... Uh, yes, yeah, that's, that's on you. It's so. a broad church. Uh, <laughs> tell, us, tell us on the socials. We're at Bluey Pod on Insta and Facebook at Bluey Podcast on Twitter. You can email us BlueyPod at gmail.com. Kate, Wait, review, like, subscribe, tell uh, it to your friends, sing it on the mountain. Believe it's- in fairy tales. Yes. <laughs> It's been such a pleasure talking to you about the 80s and revisiting little bits of our childhood memories. Thank you for being in the wagon today. Thank you. Uh, Talk next week, but in the meantime, it's it's got to be done. done. Bye. (laughs) Huh? Made you look, you dirty chook. (laughs) Ha ha, (gasps) suffer. You're teasing Stripe.